The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. The Royals move back to 20 games over 500 at 64 and 44. Three games ahead now of the Yankees for home field advantage throughout the AL playoffs as KC beats the 51 and 56 White Sox 3 to 2. And more importantly, gasp, they beat John Danks. Stop the presses. It's Davo. Glad you're along for another edition of your dish here. On Clubhouse Conversation, where we will break this one down inside and out, coming up here uh, for the next few minutes. And we're also going to get to the next two games of the series and get you all set and preview those as well, including uh, a guy that Lorenzo Kane quote, doesn't like very much tomorrow in Jeff Samarja. But we begin with our player of the game tonight on Clubhouse Conversation. For the seventh time this year, it's Edson Volquez, who continues to be absolutely magnificent for the Royals in 2015. Seven innings, one run, four hits for Volquez tonight, and two of his best friends in the world were in the ballpark. John Danks, who, of course, opposed him for the fourth time this season, which is kind of a small world, uh, you know, random thing. They'd match up all four times. They faced each other's teams this year. That's one of his best friends in the world, and, of course, Johnny Cueto in his dugout now for Volquez. But, yeah, seven innings, one run, four hits, strikes out three, walks only two. How about Volquez on this season? 11-6 and six with a 3-1-1 ERA. Who would have ever thunk that Edinson Volquez would be staring 16 or 17 wins straight in the face at an ERA right around three, flirting with an ERA under three in the American League. And, of course, that could get away with him in a hurry with one really bad start. But as of right now here, getting into mid-August, by the next time he pitches, 11-6 and six with a 3-1-1. That all for a guy in Volquez who was nearly out of Major League Baseball just a couple of seasons ago. 101 pitches for Volquez in seven innings, six ground outs, six fly outs, so he's equal opportunity today and I even thought the home plate umpire squeezed him a bit Chris Siegel not to be confused with Steven Seagal thought he squeezed Volquez a bit behind the dish and there was no Wade Davis no Ryan Matson, no Kelvin Herrera available tonight as we found out after the game from Ned Yost in the press conference so Luke Hochaver and Franklin Morales combine in a non-traditional sense the first time all year we've seen those two in a two-run lead come in in the eighth inning they team up to get out of a sticky situation in the eighth let's recap Luke Hochaver, who's been absolutely amazing outside of one outing the last month, gives up the leadoff walk to Tyler Flowers, who earned that walk. Great at bat by Flowers. Falling off some pitcher's pitches and taking some pitcher's pitches. And then Trace Thompson hits a ground rule double for his second major league hit, both tonight. He was in there after Adam Eaton went back to make that catch on the ball that Ben Zobra smoked in the third inning, and Eaton gets injured, a jammed left shoulder. He's day-to-day. But Thompson comes in, gets two hits, and that second one, Gordon would have had it. No doubt. So even though Hoach did allow a second and third with nobody out in that ground rule double, really, it should have been a runner at first with one out after a great at-bat from Flowers. Hoach had command of all of his pitches tonight. Pitched really well. Hochaver, though, it doesn't matter. They play the game with the guys in the field, so it doesn't matter. There was second and third. That was legitimately done by the White Sox. Not saying that at all. Just pointing out the fact that the Royals do miss Alex Gordon's defense. I've seen it more and more over the last week. But Luke Hochaver comes back, and how about just striking out Tyler Saladino, who's been fantastic since taking over at third base for the White Sox, and then Jose Abreu, bam, strikes them both out. Second, third, two outs. Ned goes and gets 
Uh, Franklin Morales, as Melky Cabrera hits about 60 points less from the right side of the plate. And Alex Rios glides back very, very awkwardly. It looked very stiff on that play, didn't he? To, to catch the ball off the bat of Cabrera a few steps shy of the warning track, and the Royals got out of that. I, that was, uh, wow. Uh, I, I came into this year, you know, you hear about, oh, Rios has won a gold glove. He's very, you know, plus arm, plus defensive. We heard all about that. And we heard spring training that his arm looked great and, you know, he got around well. But, man, I don't know what's going on with him. Defensively, Rios has left a lot to be desired. I'd say he's a slight upgrade over Noriaoki defensively and right. Not, not He's better than Aoki for sure, but it's not as big as you would have hoped for before the year. Anyway, the Royals get out of that eighth inning. And there's, you know, that was an awkward play. I mentioned two awkward defensive plays. The one that Zobris allowed to be the ground rule double. I'm not saying he allowed it. I just don't think he, A, has the speed and the route recognition that Gordon does. B, he's not used to this ballpark. So that ball drops, you know, drops just fair on the warning track out there. Zobris has probably played left field in this ballpark less than 15 times in his life. So not a big deal there. But anyway, let's talk about a great defensive play that was made and one that nobody's going to remember past tomorrow. Because not a play that's going to go on the Royals' defensive highlight reel. That's how good this team is defensively. A play, though, that could. Top of the sixth inning, Mike Moustakis. Chicago's already played at one run on the Jose Abreu double, and they've got a runner at second with two outs. Avisel Garcia hits the ground ball to Moose's right that goes directly over the third base bag. Moose, as humanly possible, he's so far right in foul territory. That's the furthest you can be from first base on a fair ball chopper hit. It could not have been any further away from first base on that play. A BB, one hop to Haas to get Garcia by a step over there at first base. And if that play is not made, you have first and third with two outs in that situation. Or even worse, the ball you know gets away from Haas or you make a bad throw. The game is tied at two at that point, and who knows what happens from there. It's a game, potentially game-saving play by Moose. Play of the game for sure. And if you want to know that, you know, you can all say, well, how do you know that, you know, anything would have happened after that? You know, he could have easily gotten out of that. Volquez was great. That's true, but you're done Ventura. We saw the double play not turn twice yesterday, turned into two home runs by Victor Martinez. The plays that aren't made are the ones that kill you. So Moose making that play, we never will know what would have happened. But a good chance that saved the game defensively by Mike Moustakis after we saw the same plays, you know, not made yesterday. Now, Greg Holland allows a solo home run. Got a tweet from Trey at Royals Clubhouse asking, is Holland, you know, is he is he in trouble? No, he's fine. Still got an ERA in the mid to low threes. Actually, it's 3-2-1 if I'm not mistaken. 3-3-1, something like that. 3-1-8. After tonight, don't have the stat in front of me. Should have written that down. But... Uh, Yes, Holland's been getting hit a lot harder. Yes, it's true that, you know, one, two, three saves are becoming fairly uncommon in recent weeks for Holland. But still, the velocity is back first and foremost, and that's a great sign. And he left a couple of balls over the middle of the plate tonight, especially that single that uh, that he gave up to Carlos Sanchez. But he did strike out Tyler Flowers, you know, swinging to end the game, stranded Sanchez after uh, the solo home run to Adam LaRoche. That was an absolute bomb, by the way. So Holland finds a way to get out of it. I'm not worried about him at all right now. I'm minorly worried that we didn't have Matson Herrera or Davis available. Davis minorly hurt, you know, it's the back. We've seen that flare up, a, you know, pitch what, once in the last six days? We've seen that back flare up more than once in the last few days. So it's slightly worrisome there. Herrera's pitched a lot, not worried about him. And Matson, who knows, maybe Matson being ineffective his last few outings has been because of something lingering. So it's good to give him a night off. And nice job by Hoach, Morales, and, and uh, Holland in getting it done tonight. Now, offensively for the Royals, 
I mean, first of all, only one guy with two hits tonight. That's Lorenzo Cain, who has a run and an RBI as well. The Royals, how about this? A season-high eight walks yesterday, four again tonight. That's 12 walks the last two games for the Royals. And the big you know, the big hits tonight, of course, were Alex Rios in that fifth inning. That first run that broke the 0-0 tie as Rios knocks in Moose with two outs. Huge. That makes it one nothing, And then the sixth inning, the Royals get two more. Ben Zobrist, bam, leadoff single. Lorenzo Kane drives him in with a gap shot. Eric Hosmer uh, drives Kane in. So your offensive player of the night is Lorenzo Kane for sure. A couple extra base hits, RBI, run scored. Hosmer continues to be white hot over the last month. Nice to see it. And the walks too. Good win for the Royals. As I've been telling you, I'm pretty much done looking at how much they're ahead of the Twins or White Sox or Indians or Tigers. Because for two reasons. Number one, we need home field advantage throughout the playoffs, more than ever. Because there's some dangerous offensive teams, namely the Yankees and the Blue Jays, who you don't want to face in their park for an extra time in the playoffs. So right now, you've got a three-game lead on the Yankees who lost tonight for home field advantage. So number one, I'm looking at it for that reason. And number two, you're not overlooking the Twins by doing that. The Twins are way behind. They're six and a half further back than that. So if, as long as you're keeping pace, you're in your own pennant race against the team for home field advantage. That's, that's the pennant race the Royals have now at this point. So you're going to stay hungry. You're going to stay uh, you know, humble, if you want to put it that way. You're going to stay uh, competing when you look at it that way. So two good reasons to think about that right there. So that's what I'll continue to look at. The Royals have a three-game lead now. We're not going to discuss the AL Central any longer. Now let's talk about the next two games. Interesting matchups. Jeff Samarja, Jeremy Guthrie tomorrow. Shark is eight and six, four three five. Guthrie seven and seven, five six five. Uh, Samarja ten straight games of seven innings or more until his last outing when he allowed nine runs. That ties a career high in four and two thirds against the aforementioned Yankees. The Royals have gotten Samarja good this year in two starts. Jeff is zero and two with a six point two three ERA in his two outings against the Royals this year. That's good news. Jeremy Guthrie uh, has not pitched since July 29th at Cleveland when he gave up three home runs and the game got away from him for six runs in that sixth inning. He went five and a third, seven runs on ten hits in that game July 29th at Cleveland. That skipped him. The Royals did last time through the order and has only seen the Shy Sox once this year. It was okay. Five innings, three runs on nine hits July 18th at Chicago. Guthrie is going to get it done tomorrow. Too many suspect outings in a row. Another guy, velocity still there. Uh, stuff still there. I believe. Another guy who's been leaving a lot of pitches over the middle of the plate and his slider has been very ineffective this year. Hopefully he can find that slider. Speaking of slider, uh, you've got Danny Duffy who had uh, probably the best slider he's had all year, his last outing. He goes on Sunday in the finale of the series against a guy that we know all too well, Carlos Quintana, who's 6-9 and nine with the 3-5-0. Quintana, uh, quality starts nine of his last ten outings, except four against the Royals on July 18th. Carlos has also seen them the 8th and 24th of April combined three no decisions in a 5-7-9 against the Royals. One of the most underrated players is Quintana in the American League. Definitely. 200 innings in a row, two years in a row. He'll get there again this year. A guy with a 3-5-0 ERA. Very unher- underheralded is unheralded. What's that word? Unheralded or underheralded? Under Unheralded. Very unheralded is Carlos Quintana. Now, Danny Duffy, let's talk about him. A guy who... Very quietly, at least nationally, people talk about Johnny Cueto and Edinson Volquez, and then they all say Ventura next. Well, what about Duffy? 
people don't pay attention nationally. Uh, all I hear about when I listen to MLB Network Radio or watch MLB Radio or watch Baseball Tonight or read the various newspapers or uh, you know columnists from different towns, all I hear about is the Royals have the great bullpen but only two starters in Ventura. Well, Ventura is the fourth starter. Danny Duffy is the third starter or second. If the playoffs started today, I believe it would be right, left, right. I believe it would be Cueto, Duffy, and Volquez. Duffy, seven straight outings of six innings or more. So he's giving you innings seven straight times, six or more, and he has an ERA of 2.74 during that span. Against the Sox, 1-0 with a 2.95 this year in three starts. Duffy has been absolutely nails since coming back from the DL. And even in the one start where he didn't go six innings or more, it was four and two-thirds, and I believe a one-run outing at Seattle. So Duffy has been very, very good. His number is now down to 404. Can slide under four for the year in his ERA with another six or seven inning, two run or less game coming up against the White Sox. Hopefully that happens on Sunday. We'll have him for you here on Clubhouse Conversation. I like the Royals to at least split the next two. I'm feeling a sweep in this series. Just a feeling. A gut feeling tells me Jeremy Guthrie gives the Royals six and two-thirds, a three-run ball tomorrow. They're able to gut across a 4-3, 5-4 victory against Jeff Samarja. And I believe Danny Duffy will outpitch Mr. Carlos coming up on Sunday. I'm, I'm calling for the Royals sweep in this series. I haven't called for a sweep since I called. What, 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 I actually predicted the, the sweep that they had. Who was that against? It was a, Well, I guess it was a Brewer series probably. That's not a big, you know, that was a, a two-and-two. The road and home. That wasn't a huge prediction on my part. Not exactly a bold prediction, but uh, first time. I pre- point being, I don't predict sweeps very often, so I like the Royals to sweep this series. We'll see what they can do, and make sure you keep it here on Clubhouse Conversation as we talk Royals with you each day and each night all summer and into the fall.